listening to the Scoop Slam Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Scoop Slam Podcast. As always, we're back reviewing some wrestling. The weather's bipolar. The wrestling's bipolar. But the only thing for certain is that there's nothing certain about the Scoop Slam Podcast. We've got Elimination Chamber to review. We've got Dynamite and Revolution Predictions, as it is Sting's last week in wrestling. And joining me along for the ride, as always, is the historian of the Scoop Slam podcast. He knows a thing or two because he's seen a thing or two. It's Ryan. Yo, Micah, good to be back here with you. Got a packed show, man. We, we missed too much time. Ready to get back with you and talk about some wrestling. Yeah, it was a busy week for both companies, um, or is still kind of busy for AEW. This past weekend, we had Elimination Chamber, so we are going to scoop it and slam it, the old format for that. And then we've got Dynamite to talk about, as well as our predictions for what I think half of it is a good card, the other half, I don't know. I'm sure you'll be a little more negative about it as you typically are. What? <laughs> Are you just going to give up hope with me already? Come on. Yeah, we call a spade a spade here on the Scoop Slam podcast. Um, uh, you know, I, it's, a, it's a pay-per-view coming up. It's, <laughs> it's definitely a pay-per-view. You're morbidly intrigued, maybe? Uh, it's a pay-per-view. Mm, okay. All right. Well, you know. Anyways, we got to talk about that. So uh, it's going to be kind of a shorter show, hopefully. I don't know. It, it could go longer. The, I can't predict it anymore, and I sound stuffy. And so I'm probably going to be sneezing half the time because Alabama can't make up its mind. It was freaking <clears throat> 80 degrees Wednesday. Today is Thursday, yeah. which is a leap year day, February 29th, which is <laughs> kind of crazy. Um, and today it's 63. Yeah. And guess what the high tomorrow is? 80. Oh, <laughs> just a normal day in Southeast Alabama. huh? Yeah. So my sinuses are getting absolutely just boned right now, but I popped a Claritin and, uh, hopefully it'll clear up. So if I do sound stuffy, I apologize. But before we get into any of the actual events that happened this week, we got to talk about our newest sponsor. You guys have been showing love there. Yes, I'm talking about Dead Threads. Now, there's been a big fuss online about, and I don't know if you've seen this, Ryan, because you're not a big uh, MLB fan, which I'm not either, but I just saw it. The new MLB uniforms were made by Fanatics, mm. and they look horrible <laughs> oh man <laughs> really bad like the stitching is all off the letters aren't centered and the big key part of this is a lot of the guys uh what's the word i'm looking for here hmm? their package whoa wait wait excuse me Run that it's kind of, it's visible. Like Amazon and UPS? <laughs> oh, well, maybe the Amazon rainforest. Oh, come on. Are you saying <laughs> what I think you're saying? 
Yes, they are see through, and people oh, have been no. dragging. <laughs> yes, <laughs> come on, man. Well, I had to wear a Walmart bag, and I ain't oh, talking about the man. gray ones I got now. Oh Lord! But if you don't want to have shoddy clothes, and you still want to get you some sportswear, make sure to check out our newest sponsor, Dead Threads. They've got everything NCAA basketball, which is heating up because it's fixing to be March. So you know March Madness is right around the corner. Get you some stuff for your favorite team. They've got NFL, which I know the season just ended, but make sure you got your merch for next year. NHL still in season. They got MLB. Don't waste your money on Fanatics unless it's for the WWE shop. Mm. Get you some MLB merch from Dead Threads. Make sure to get you some college football stuff because that's coming up. And any other sport, really, that you're a fan of, aside from wrestling, but, hey, we'll see what the future holds. Uh, And not only do they have sports, uh, teams, they also have individual players on there. And presenting our newest segment, well, it's not really new, but we kind of coined a different we, term. Yeah, we rebranded. We rebranded. Yep. And we're sponsored by Dead Threads for this segment. This is the Dead Threads Brain Dead Take of the Week. And so what that consists of is me and Ryan scour the internet looking for just the worst, most vile, disgusting, filthy, no brain power put into these thoughts. And these people come online and try and convince other people that their thoughts are true. And sponsoring this segment is Dead Thread. So for the Dead Thread Brain Dead Take of the Week, Ryan, what you got? Yeah, I don't have yeah. one this week. Yeah, you're lacking, Micah. But lucky for you, I, I'm going to make up for both of us. Because I didn't have one last week. But there was a little controversy in the wrestling community the last couple of days. Micah, I don't know if you've seen this, but about Maxine Dupree getting booed at a house show. Did you did you see this, Micah? You hear about I, this? Well, of course you have. We talked about it. Yeah, you I did see. Well, where do I begin? I saw the clip and yeah. we've obviously talked about Maxine in the past. And look, <laughs> okay, I get it. Yeah. They need to be on the house show loop for getting better. But mm-hmm. they have a performance center that she can train at, and she probably needs to. Sure. But I understand that experience is vital, and you know, on the job training is the best. But with that comes the ability to have people who pay not only their money, but their time to come to the show and watch the wrestling and they don't see what they like. They have the right to boo that person. I mean, under, you know, the United States constitution, we've all got a right to an opinion, free speech. And so if I tell you, you suck, well, I'm allowed to say that. Now I'm not saying that people have to be douchebags and just hate this woman. And you know, Maxine, you should die. That's not what I'm saying. But as paying customers, and this is also not a new thing in the wrestling business. Legitimately, the business is founded on who you like and who you don't, who you're cheering and who you're not. Mm. So this is a weird take to me, but go ahead, because I'm pretty sure about what I'm about to hear. Well, Micah, if you were in the crowd for this particular house show and you were booing poor old Maxine Dupree, According to objective underscore love underscore six eight 
4-3, you are a bunch of a-holes that don't have respect for the business. You think that it's easy to be in the ring and take bumps, whether she did well in the ring or not. Don't talk explicitive or boot someone <laughs> that you can't even do what she does as it takes so long to learn to be in the ring and perform all respect to her but she didn't deserve this ridicule <sighs> so micah if you go to a concert or you go see a comedy show there's a bad band or a bad performer doing some bad crowd work. I know you. I know you've seen it on TikTok. Comedians do bad crowd work. If you were to boo that comedian or that particular band, would anybody think twice about it? Nah, and especially a lot of times people would join in. So why are we the bad guy for booing bad wrestling? We should never boo bad wrestling, Micah. We just have to sit there and accept the fact that it's bad wrestling. And you have to cheer on everybody. Cheer they're everybody. trying really hard. They're trying so hard. It's so difficult and you couldn't do it. So you need to cheer. Even though if it's bad. We can see it's bad. Anybody with eyes can see it's bad. <laughs> look, look, man. I, I got swept into the, the mass hysteria last year of Maxine Dupree. I got... I got Caught up in the moment with the Otis and and Chad Gable and and Maxine, uh, the the group, the Alpha Academy, Micah. I got caught up in it. So yeah, I did give her breakout woman of the year. But I mean the the list wasn't gonna the list wasn't huge, Micah. So I didn't have a, a deep pool to draw from. It wasn't but, complete yet either. It was only halfway through the year. It was the 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 half year scoopies, but still though, man, I, I did give her that award, but. Fact of the matter is, Micah, she shouldn't be on the roster, the main roster. I don't even think she belongs on the NXT roster doing the house show loops. She is not good. She's not good at all, man. She looked terrible in the Rumble. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. It was awful. And then every match she has now, it looks like she her confidence is rattled. Like she is messing up almost everything she does now. And there's clips circulating online of her against Nia Jax where, where she's just, I don't know, man. She just looks lost in there. It, it's just not a good sight. But we're not allowed to boo that, Micah. We have to cheer for everything she does because we have to protect every single woman's wrestler. Because if you don't like a particular woman's wrestler, Micah, it's because you're a, a, a basement dweller and you want to you wanna bang every woman's wrestler. That's what it is. That has to be, right, Micah? That has to be. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's all we watch women's wrestling for, right? Yeah, yeah, we want to sleep with the women. And the fact that they are not going to sleep with us, we're going we're gonna to boo them, Micah. Not because they're bad, just because we want to sleep with them. Yeah. That's such yeah. a wild take. Because if it was anybody else, if it, I mean, and I, I'm not trying to be like this, but if it was a dude, that tweet that video would have never gotten popular and i'm not gonna lie and say that women's wrestling doesn't get more hate than men's because it does because they are oftentimes more objectified and a lot of times you'll see a picture of a woman shared before you see a picture of you know hot randy orton or whatever but at the same time let's be honest with ourselves 
the pool of talented men's wrestlers is larger than the pool of talented women's wrestlers. R really, just the pool of men's wrestlers is more than there is women. That's just how that works. But, but, but Micah, it's like, if you say you don't enjoy a women's match or women's wrestling in general, it's because you hate women. That's what, that's what really bothers me. Like, it, we just can't say that it's bad just because it's bad. Yeah. That's why I, I, oftentimes I worry that people will listen to this and think something about us. And that's not what it is at all. I'll call out the men's wrestling just as fast as I will the women's wrestling about being bad. You're sexist, Micah. You're sexist. You're chauvinistic if you hate women's wrestling. Well, if look, we call a spade a spade here on the Scoop Slam podcast. And if calling a spade a spade means that I'm sexist, then I leave that up to your interpretation. All wrestling can be bad wrestling. Men, women, child, broomstick, sex doll, don't matter. Bro, and it's a bunch of white knights came out to protect Maxine. I get it. You know, if she if you enjoy Maxine, good for you. But calling people out saying that they that you're getting booed because they want to drink your bath water. Come on, man. What are we doing? What are we doing here? And this isn't a new thing. Like, I mean, do you remember the ridicule people used to get in like early 2000s Ring of Honor for being bad in the ring? Have you ever seen yeah. those clips? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or so, Roman. Roman yeah. getting booed out the building for not, not being able to wrestle, which you can. Very good wrestler. Or Cena getting booed. I remember my one of my earliest wrestling memories, watching WrestleMania 22, and John Cena getting booed out the building, uh, and the Chicago crowd was raining down, you can't wrestle to John Cena in 2006. And now everybody loves John Cena. Now everybody loves John Cena, yeah. Did that bother him? Did he go go to, well, there wasn't Twitter back then, but still, did he, he write on his MySpace wall that, People were mean and that people were jealous of him because they were booing his wrestling skills. No, just took it in stride. Just like I should do. I mean, that's if if I mess up somebody's order, you know, uh, when I was at CVS, if I rang something up twice, somebody's going to get pissed at me. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's got a job to do. And if you're not doing good at the job to somebody's pleasure, well, then. You know, that you're allowed to be criticized, especially in a performance art like wrestling is, where it's pretty much live theater, just like a sport. You can ridicule somebody. I mean, Russell Westbrook got called Westbrook for years. Again, I'm not saying you got to be disrespectful, but, you know, it's, everybody's you're allowed, allowed to, to say it's bad. Yeah, you're allowed to say it's bad. So, I don't know. That was. I wondered if that was going to come up because um, it was a really hot topic for whatever reason, but I think it's ridiculous. But well, um, the fire got flanked. The fire was burning real, real. Um, what I'm trying to come up with a simile here, Michael. It, the flame got, got fanned. Yeah, yeah. Fan, fanning the flames. That's what I was trying to. Thank you, Mike. But. When Rhea and Zelina Vega chimed in on, on Twitter, that's when it started like catching like wildfire. Which is funny too, because Rhea's 
really Becky good too. in the ring. Becky joined in too. Oh, see, I didn't see hers. I saw Rhea's. I didn't even see Selena Zelina's either, but she was I the mean, one that said she was the one that said that people are jealous that they can't drink your bath water. That's why they're booing you. No, it has nothing to do with jealousy. It just has to do with the fact that <laughs> it was it's not good. Bad. Like, I mean, <laughs> we're gonna talk about good women's wrestling later. Will but we? it wasn't this. I will at least. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll talk about it. We'll talk. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead. I mean, unless you got anything else you want to say about no. this whole No, no. Just I don't know. This stuff like this makes me really dislike the the online commute the online wrestling community because there was a lot of white knights out there, Micah. A lot of white knights. And it's funny because the same people that are trying to defend them are the same people that want defend to drink them. Backwater. Exactly. <laughs> the, the people that defend them. So don't you talk about Maxine like that? Those are the people that are actually weirdos about Those it. Those are the people are, that are buying Rhea Ripley's licked uh, ring attire, which she does sell that kind of stuff online, by the way. Yeah. She doesn't say anything derogatory about those fans but if you boo maxine dupree you're sexist chauvinistic and you want to drink maxine dupree's bathwater, micah so i i don't know how anybody else feels about it that's how we feel about it and overall the outrage about this has won the dead threads brain dead take of the week make sure you check out dead threads for all of your sports merch forget fanatics Make sure you get some actual good quality stuff. And speaking of good quality stuff, WWE ran a PLE this past weekend, and that was for mm. Perth, Australia. 52,000 in attendance in the Optus Arena was Elimination Chamber. And it was a short card, only four matches with one talk segment, which they're really, that's kind of their go to now, is short cards. Um, overall, good environment. Some of the pictures of the crowd really showed that the arena wasn't as full as they made it seem on camera, but I mean, that's just tricks of the trade that WWE is, you know, known for at this point, but they opened up elimination chamber with the women's elimination chamber. We're going back to our scoop slam format for our pay-per-views or PLEs. And what yeah. that means is our scoops are our positives, our slams are our negatives. So starting us off with the scoops, Ryan, for the women's elimination chamber, what you got? I'm hitting you with a slam right off the bat, Micah. Dang. I thought Naomi, yeah, I thought Naomi and Becky did not look very good in here. I maybe it was jet lag, because I mean this pay-per-view or PLE, sorry about that. It did kick off at four in the morning, so Maybe maybe they're a little jet lag, still adjusting to the time of Australia. Well, that was one of my slams too. It started very bumpy. And I like I mean, I probably agree with you. It probably was jet lag. And typically Becky and Naomi are pretty solid in the ring. I think Becky is not what she used to be, but I think Naomi's alright. But yeah, I don't. It just looks like you know when one of them was trying to go left, the other one was trying to go right, and I don't know what caused it. If there was an injury, 
my best bet, like you said, probably jet lag. I think Naomi has not looked good so far. Her whole comeback so far hasn't looked great, in my opinion. Uh, I don't know. She's, what, got to be mid-30s by now. Maybe it's maybe it's just an age thing, and you can't stay as sharp as you used to. And to be fair, she wasn't as sharp when she was when she was on top as the women's champion of SmackDown and, you know, back in her early glow days. But, yeah, Naomi has not looked good in there. I don't know what she did in Impact or TNA, but so far, not so good. Well, how many matches has she had since she came back? I know she had one on SmackDown, I think. One on SmackDown. I think she had a tag match, if I'm not mistaken, and the Rumble. I wasn't a fan of her performance in there either. I didn't think she did bad in the Rumble. At least it wasn't like noticeably bad like some people. <laughs> well, I, I mean, we just talked about one. Yeah, we just talked about I wouldn't throw <laughs> names out. But yeah, I, Naomi. Mm, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's not looking looking so good so far. Well, maybe she can win you back. Did you have any anything positive about this one, Ryan? Yeah, I mean, there was a few cool moves that happened throughout the match. I thought the split leg drop by Naomi from the outside looked okay. Do you remember that when she climbed up the the chamber and did a split leg? Yeah, I thought it was inventive. Yeah, very, very innovative. A blockbuster from the top of the pod. I think Liv did that. Did Liv do that? I'm pretty sure, yeah. yeah. Now, blockbuster, I don't know what that is right offhand you know it's like you're on the turn top of the turnbuckle and then you kind of like do a a flipping neck breaker to your opponent that's standing oh okay yeah i know Uh, yeah 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 yeah. i'm pretty i'm pretty sure that happened and you know there was a couple moves in the match micah but i don't know if you were a big fan this match i did like the ending how it was shot and how fast it happened. They did well with that. Seems like they rehearsed that quite a bit and seems like they did it well. Did you have any scoops for this match? Actually had a couple. I I thought this was a pretty good chamber. Honestly, after it was what? over, I thought it was gonna be better than the men's, like the women's rumble. You thought this was good? I really did. I thought it was okay. I mean, I got a couple. I thought Tiffany Stratton looked really good when she came in. It was kind of, like we said, muddied early with Naomi and Becky. But when she came in, she had some fire. She had some quickness. And she was weirdly over in Australia because she's not even from there. But she was getting, like, kind of the biggest chance the whole time. I don't know why. Well, they're hardcore fans there, Mike. They watch NXT, man. Mm, Is that so? Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Usually when they go to those big cities, they have a... Uh, Colt NXT following. I just thought it was because she kind of looks like every Australian. No, no hey. come on, man. Don't be ridiculous. But <laughs> looks like okay, every I'm... Australian. Blonde? Every Blonde, Australian. tan, and like, I mean, they just, they have a look. No, no, come on, man. Don't be ridiculous. Uh, uh, look, what do you mean by that? They just, they, they're mm. always tan. They typically have blonde hair, and a lot of times they wear flip flops. Is that right? 
Was Tiffany used, wearing flip flops in this match? No, but maybe she's a big flip flop connoisseur. Okay. All right. I used to work beside a company that worked out of Australia. Okay. <laughs> and the the guys would always come in there because they owned the company and they would always come in. They were tan. They were blonde. Yeah. They wore okay. collared t-shirts, khaki shorts, and they always had flip-flops on. Is that, is that an Australian thing, huh? It's pretty much hot there all the time from what I understand. I'm sorry I if I'm offending. I hope nobody from Australia gets yeah, Mike. offended about this. <laughs> Yeah, you all look the same, huh, Mike? That's not. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all wear flip flops down there. The land down under. Micah thinks you all wear flip flops. There's right? nothing wrong with the land down under. It's a beautiful place. Trust me, they showed us a million tourism shots, and yeah. I wouldn't mind visiting one day. A lot of poisonous snakes, poisonous spiders, a lot of dangerous animals in Australia. You know, yeah. that's what they used to send prisoners. Well, that's how it got started, because that's what they that's why their flag has the Union Jack on it, because it was originally a UK colony that they just sent all the prisoners to. And then yeah. they got freedom. Yeah, that's funny. Kind of like us. Well, we are undefeated against those no good Brits. <laughs> well, now I just buried the whole Australian audience and now you're going to piss off the UK audience. Oh, yeah. Especially later on. <laughs> I mean, by now, we're just going to have an audience in, like, Florida and <laughs> Alabama. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Well, anyways, Tiffany was weirdly over here. I thought she did a good job when she came in. And I think she's main not main event ready. She's main roster ready, at least to me. I think she's got good fire and character work. Like, people love to hate her because she's... Everybody knows a snotty blonde bimbo. Whoa. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, didn't, I thought you were about to throw down your first curse word there. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, Tiffany, she's good in the ring, I guess, but I don't know. Her promos kind of bother me. Maybe they'll grow on me. Yeah, I think she's a. You're too hard on the the, the new age. Promos? Well, I'm oh, you talking about the that. NXT people? Yeah. No, no, I can spot a good promo from a mile, mile away, Micah, and I just don't like when it sounds too, you know, script like rehearsed, you know? Well, I guess that's true, but you don't like Braun. You don't care for Tiffany. Not big on Mello. Who do you like, Ryan? I like Trick. Okay. Oba Femi. Oba Femi, yeah. Yeah, I like Oba. Uh, Ilya. I like Ilya. Okay. He's small, though. No, but his stuff looks good, though, like Darby. And he can actually... He, he cuts a pretty convincing promo. Doesn't sound like somebody's writing for him. There's well, a few good... There's a lot of good talent in NXT. Just I don't like the... The 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 promo style that they kind of teach down there. Which they kind of... I mean, it feels like they're actors, and they're not good at being actors. You seen the promo styles they they cut down there? Yeah, they don't have a ton of fire. The backstage segments are like literally like sitcom, Micah. I I don't know. They're bringing them to SmackDown, the sitcom type. 
promo packages. I mean, I'm not Most a huge fan of it, but maybe Stay. something will click whenever they get to the main roster. Just it feels way too fake, way too not funny, forced. Well, anyways, uh, an NXT yeah, get talent. That? I don't know <laughs> Australia. Yeah. Um. Well, former NXT talent was another one of my scoops. Bianca hit a tornado. It was kind of a tornado DDT that I thought was really smooth. She is really, really good in the ring. And in these multi-woman matches, it shows like how much head and shoulders above the crowd she is. Because while I was just talking about, I mean, Tiffany, yeah, is good. Becky used to be one of the best women's wrestlers in the world. I think she has lost just a little bit of a step, whereas the Bianca and Rhea are, you know, way further along, in my opinion. But she's just, Bianca, she's an okay promo. She's not the greatest in the world, but in the ring, she is a legit freak athlete. And that uh, KOD she hit on Raquel was crazy because she, like, deadlifted her, basically. Yeah, she, she looked well in there. She looked really good. She did a thing, and you could tell she was trying to slow down for a couple of the ladies in there. Yeah, and that's – I think that's a lot of the issue is maybe some things they're trying to do too fast, and then they get caught up in the moment, and it looks too slow. Because sometimes, like, I can see the thought process – the but, wheels are turning. You can see the, the wheels turning in their mind. Like yeah. They're trying to remember the next spot. But there's too much going on, and then they end up messing something up, trying to remember something else. So, I don't know. Yeah. But Bianca is just one of the best women's wrestlers of all time. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Even right now. Yeah. And... Speaking of Tiffany earlier, though, that swanton she hit off the top. I, I'm not a huge fan of group spots, but I thought that was a nice uh, touch, and it got a really big pop because, like I said, she was over. And was oh, you, know, you didn't there. like it. They just stood there. Just looked up. And then she took her time doing it. Like she had to tap her wrist. It's Tiffy time. I guess that's her thing she does. But she, she did like she did that for a good Three or four seconds looking around at the crowd while everybody down below was just standing there. Like, did she really have to do that taunt? Like, she's Damian Lillard. Did she not do that? Well, that looks stupid. That looks I'm stupid. a sucker for a swanton. I mean, it, she, it looked well. I mean, it looked good. I keep on saying well. It looked good when she did it. Just start saying great. It was great. Well, <laughs> well and great. She did that well, in the Rumble, didn't she? Uh, she did that same spot in the rumble when she when she when she came out there. Swanton on a group of ladies. I think you're right. I honestly yeah. don't know. There, there's so much happened that night. Yeah. It's a whirlwind of emotions by the end of it. But lastly, I do have to agree with you. I thought the finish was um unexpected and quick, especially like Bianca getting caught quick. By live, I think was the best way to have Bianca get out because I couldn't really see anybody just one, two, three beating her um, 
flat. And I mean, it was kind of flat, but do you understand what I'm saying? It was just a quick roll up that caught her unexpected. Whereas if Liv had hit her 18th code breaker on her and that was what got her out. Well, I can't buy that. <laughs> yeah. And it was all one camera shot too. Like they didn't yeah. cut away once, which is crazy because under Kevin Dunn, there would have been 25, 30 camera cuts in that little five second sequence they had at the end. It was really nice. I like I like what they did there. Twenty five to thirty might be low ball on it. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of camera cuts, man. A lot of camera cuts. But in the end, Becky ended up winning the women's elimination chamber, so she is going to go on to face Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania. Which, as I said on the last show, that's the expected result. Even though I would rather see Bianca. Um, I am kind of hoping Bianca turns heel soon just because I would like to see that. And especially with Rhea kind of being a baby face now. I don't know. Wouldn't hate it. They got a lot of, they got a lot of baby faces with the women right now. Uh, Becky. Raquel is kind of a baby face, but she's not at that level though. Yeah. Naomi's a baby face. Jade is probably going to be a baby face. <sighs> but are they, at, they, I guess, Bailey too. Did you say Bailey? No, I didn't. But yeah, it's another one. Yeah, there's not a lot of main event ladies. Because you, you said Naomi and Raquel, but they're not really at that level that Bianca or Rhea or Bailey is at right now. I think Naomi's a contender, just not probably somebody you want to exactly put the belt on. Uh, maybe like a one-off pay-per-view or PLE match. I don't see her doing a long program as like the, the headliner on the SmackDown ladies side or the Raw ladies side. I just don't see that at this point. Maybe back in the day when they didn't have a lot of a lot of decent women's wrestlers on the roster. They had a lot of subpar women's wrestlers. But at this point, Micah, when you had Rhea, Bailey, Becky, Bianca, potentially Tiffany, I don't see Naomi at that position anymore. I don't think she can do it. Well, we'll have to see what time holds. But as for your slams, Ryan, I know you're itching to drop a couple on me. So I'll let you go ahead and start if you got another one other than the start of the match. <laughs> yeah, the code breaker spamming by Liv Morgan was that was that was something. I wish I kept a count, but yeah. it after like the first five, I was like, okay, this is getting a little much. And it's then it just don't. kept going. <laughs> it's like when you first like if you, when, if you go back and play like an old wrestling game that you ain't played in a while and you only know like two moves and you just keep on spamming that same move the whole match, it kind of reminded me of that. Yeah, or like when you're a kid and you used to like customize move sets and you really like like one move, so you'd spam it. Like you'd have it a bunch on your custom character. <laughs> What was your custom character's finisher? Do you ever do you remember? Oh, absolutely! It's always the reverse neck breaker, the Rick, the uh, rude awakening. 
Uh, I used to go with the overdrive, you know, the MVP finisher. Really? Because I always yeah. <laughs> everybody always buries that move because it looks so goofy. I thought it looked cool as a kid. I don't know. I think as a kid, I never thought about it. As an adult, it literally does nothing. <laughs> How does it hurt you? If anything, it would hurt MVP more because he's slamming his knee into the mat. Yeah. Yeah, but overdrive. Goated. Uh, I always did Rude Awakening just because it looked horrible and you could get a taunt in because I would always be a heel. And me and old Dolph Ziggler used to run the table back in the day. Oh, yeah, with tag champs. Oh, we were. And world champs. Two-man power trip. Dolph Ziggler? <laughs> he was a part of your two-man power trip? Come on, man. You know I was a big mark. Everybody else on the roster, you chose Dolph Ziggler. Okay, 2012 WWE. Who else are you choosing? All right, that's a good point. <laughs> I mean, you got Punk. Yeah, yeah, CM Punk. You'd probably go for The Miz. At tw in 2012, no, I think it was Babyface. I wasn't feeling Babyface Miz. Was he? I thought that was peak. Uh, no, that was 2000. I don't remember. 2012, he wrestled. No, well, no, 2013, he wrestled Wade Barrett at WrestleMania when he was a babyface. He had the IC title. You remember when he had oh, the figure four leg lock? Yes, I do remember that. Yeah, that's when he was a babyface. Well, anyways, um, yeah, Codebreaker spam was ridiculous. And speaking of Liv, she. <sighs> There was a spot, which, I mean, I know it's stupid, but I thought it, and then Corey said it, and so then it just made it, like, really evident. Yes! So Bianca was up on the top rope, punching, I can't remember who, but she was turned, like, towards the crowd. So Liv comes behind and is trying to punch her, and she's just straight up punching Bianca in the cake. Like, none of it's going to her back. <laughs> <laughs> the posterior. <laughs> yeah, the old gluteus maximus, as Corey Graves would coin it. <laughs> he said, um, I've never done that method, but I don't know. Yeah. It needs to be effective. <laughs> he said, I don't know, because uh, I quoted, he said, I don't know that attacking the gluteus is a great strategy, but, <laughs> which is a great line. I'm not hating on him for it, but I thought, like, I was like, nah, I'm not going to write that down, whatever. And then he said that, and I was like, okay, well, now you leave me no choice. Bro, why didn't they shoot away? <laughs> I don't know. And Liv throws <laughs> horrible strikes, and people now are all pissy that she has nothing going into Mania. Who? Liv. Who's mad about that? No, I know Liv. Oh. Who's mad about that? <laughs> well, uh, who were we talking about earlier? The guys who want to buy bathwater? Yeah. Bingo. Okay. There, there they are. Um, it just Please. between that, the code breaker spam. I mean, dude, she spam more code breakers than a super kick would be spammed in a Usos versus Young Bucks match. Oh, come on, come on. It was Am a lot I wrong. Of, I'm not saying you're wrong, but come on, man. That's some respect for the Usos. <laughs> oh, that that's the problem. <laughs> yeah. You think they're going to put Liv against Bianca? You think they're going to have that at Mania? I'd rather see yeah. Jade versus Bianca, personally. 
Is she ready for a one-on-one match? If anybody could carry her through it, it would be Bianca. What if they do a tag match at Mania? Bianca and Jay team up. Hmm. That's intriguing. I wouldn't hate that, especially if it could eventually lead into a one-on-one match at SummerSlam. But who do you... Who do you have them face? (laughs) That's the problem right there. Well, you could do the Kabuki Warriors. They could win the... Well, no, that makes no sense because how are they number one contenders? Well, you could put Jade working out in her contract that she gets a title match. You could do that, right? Well, that or you could potentially do a uh, Bailey needs friends, and Bailey and Bianca were on the outs, but Bailey has seen because you know they had a few that went for a long time. They did, yeah. Bianca has seen that Bailey has changed, and she's like, you know, I know that you can't stand them. Just as much as I can. Kind of like when Jay uh, went to Sammy and KO. Mm. And so then you could have Jade and Bianca. I was just talking about her and lost her name. Versus the Kabuki Warriors. And then have them, like if they try and run out, then you got Jade and Bianca to help Bailey. And that's a good way to get some shine on Jade early. Have them split Mm. up. Then have a match at SummerSlam or even potentially WrestleMania next year if there's a long enough build. See, I would think that would work, but they're kind of already running that angle with the Bloodline and Cody. So I don't know if I don't know if we can have two angles that that much the same, can we? Because they're kind of doing that with the Bloodline. Cody needs help with the Bloodline. Seth is gonna help him out. Maybe Sammy gets involved. And then you can't do the the angle with Bailey. She needs help with the with uh damage control, so she calls in you, you see what I'm saying, Micah? There is a lot of similarity, but I don't know that it would because the Cody Roman thing is like I mean, not to be like this, but it's a huge, long running story that's been spanning legitimately years. Whereas this is kind of like a 30 day thing. I don't think that it would draw that much comparison. Uh, yeah, the, I don't think they're going to leave Bianca off the card. And oh, Liv, is, Liv is still getting TV time every week. So maybe they'll do like a spotlight match like they did last year with the four women's tag weight, tag tag team match. The four way women's tag team match, Michael. Do you remember that happening? Yeah, I remember. It being on the card. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, I don't really remember much about it. Yeah. Maybe it'll be like this year. Well, I don't know. We'll have to see. There's a lot. That's a cool thing right now is, I mean, we, we do know a lot about WrestleMania in terms of the championships, but some of the, there's still a lot of key players who don't exactly have anything lined up. L.A. Knight, Randy Orton, um, Sammy, KO. Like, we think they might be involved in, like, a Logan Paul thing or Sammy might be involved with the Bloodline stuff or the Drew stuff, but nothing's set in stone. So it still makes the weekly television compelling. We're getting close, though. We're getting, I think it's less than 40 days away now. 
Yeah, I think Elimination Chamber was 40, or maybe Raw, but I heard that the other day. Sorry, I know I'm probably, I sound horrible, I can feel it. No, 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 you sound, sound great, man. You gotta power through for the listeners, Micah. For the scoopists, or the scoopers. Scoop enthusiast. Yeah, there we go. Well, speaking of something that I was not enthusiastic about, the following match was the New Catch Republic versus the Judgment Day. And <laughs> I could. I was watching this at work. You didn't and like, and I could not stay awake. Come on, this was a good match. You are <laughs> what? I just didn't. I don't know. <sighs> Why do you hate these guys so much? It's just I didn't buy into them. I don't know. I I wasn't there for the NXT UK run, and you I think Pete Dunne. Uh, well, I think Pete Dunne as a single has potential. Tyler Bate is just so small, and I oh my god, there's not a ton of like catchphrases or names that I I truly just have disdain for in wrestling. There's some bad ones, but big strong boy. Is yeah. the most millennial oh, come nickname on. in the world, bro. He's he's my age. He ain't no millennial. No, <laughs> I'm not saying that. <laughs> what I'm saying is like somebody in the back, one of the writers was like, "Oh, he's no. a he's a big no. strong boy." No. Like that's uh, disgusting. I, I ain't gonna let you get away with that. That was his stuff on the indies over there in the UK. You can blame those Brits for that. Don't blame the writers. <laughs> Blame the Brits. That's what he was going by. But when he when he first had that he when he first had that run the UK tournament to crown the first UK champion, he was using that nickname. He had it on the Indies. Thank you. Well, like even if he was like if his name was like Little Strong Man, because you know they got the Strong okay. Man competition. <laughs> little, little Strong Man. <laughs> no. I, I can rock with that better than Big Strong really? Boy. That is so disgusting. How is that disgusting? It sounds cr- like what, what about sex, sexy boy? That was Shawn Michaels. You had no problem with that, but you got yeah, problems with at him. Was he wrong? Wait, are you saying that Shawn Michaels is a very handsome man? Is that what you're saying, Micah? He was on the cover of Playgirl for a reason. I think he was a good-looking guy back in the day. You had an issue, huh? No, <laughs> I wasn't bored. <laughs> So you're saying if you were born, you would have had an issue. Like, well, you know. No. Oh, man, come on. <laughs> no, but back in the... Okay, I can understand. Sexy boy, weird nickname. But it kind of fit <laughs> for the gimmick, and Sean was a good-looking guy. Uh, Tyler Bate, oh, I'm a He's big, strong. strong boy. That's that's no. something you tell your five-year-old. He is strong, a big, strong boy. Bro is strong, though. I ain't gonna lie to him. He is pretty he pretty strong. Do you see those feats of strength he did in the match? I saw the one where he did he spun somebody around for like five minutes. I was spinning and spinning and spinning and spinning I, until I saw Z's. I come on. I see him <laughs> do that 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 uh move, that like giant swing while he was holding somebody in a fireman's carry. So bro is like legitimately really, really strong. Well, that's fine. I don't I'm not doubting that. 
it's more just the names. It 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 really bothers me. He's talented in the ring. If you can get past the fact that he's five six, he's really talented in the ring. Well, that too, and I'm not like a bit. I mean, I'm five eight, but he's just very small, especially next to like Damian Priest. And I'm not just like the biggest Damian Priest guy either, but I just I don't nothing pulled me into this, and it was a match, but <laughs> this felt like a takeover tag match. That's like everybody loved it take- online. I did too. I, maybe it's the nostalgia for NXT back in like 2017, 2016. There was some good stuff going on back then. They didn't really spam like the finisher kickout fist like they do a lot in modern matches. They gave them a lot of time to do what they do best. The crowd got behind it as the match progressed. I think you're a little too rough on Tyler Bate and Pete Dunne. Well, like you said, I think a lot of it plays into the fact that I, I didn't watch during the takeover days. I think there's also another factor, and I'm going to see how you feel about this, and then we can move on. Because, like I said, I mean, I watched this, but I had no takeaways. So if you have you had them, nothing, you had nothing. I thought the heat that Dom got was really nice. Wow, wow. I think I'm just burned out on tag team wrestling. Ouch. You don't like tag wrestling, huh? Well, okay, I used to be a big fan. Like, a couple years ago, FTR and the Briscoes, that's, like, legitimately some of my favorite matches ever. Those are great matches. But am I crazy to say that, like, a lot of tag wrestling is just extremely the same thing every (laughs) single time now? And I know, like, there's a formula you have to go by with it. But, like, dude, it is so carbon copy, and nobody comes up with anything just inventive anymore. It's, okay, we're going to go back and forth. Me and this guy are going to, well, it depends on what company it is, honestly. If it's AEW, they're going to shake hands in the middle. They're going to do some uh, back and forth technical wrestling. They're going to both stand up and pause. The crowd's going to clap. Then they're going to go back (laughs) at it. Then they're going to tag out. Both sides. Then the other guys are going to get in there. They're going to do some cool stuff. Then the heel team takes over. They get them in a headlock. They do all this other bullcrap. They go through the break. They come out of the break. The guy, you know, is still in the ring. The baby face is still in the ring. He, Oh, he's getting beat up. He's getting beat up. Wait a minute. He comes out. Boom. Hot tag. Comes in. You know, house of fire. Tears everybody down. The other guy goes outside. The Then... The other babyface stands up. They'll tag out. They'll get a move in. Then the heel ends up cutting one of their nuts off, chops the other guy down. The heel uh, who was on the outside comes in. They hit their tag finish. But, oh, wait, here's the babyface to break up the pin. And then they spam finishers back and forth for about two minutes, and GG, there's the match. Is that not every tag team match now? I closed my eyes, and that was a pretty pretty good rundown of what most tag matches are, especially the AEW side. But I think it it can work, though, Micah. It can work if you have two teams that you care about. You just didn't care about none of these teams. Exactly. That's the biggest problem to me. Yeah. I care about FTR in AEW, but any other tag team, I don't really – I mean, 
they have some decent ones, but I'm not investing in anything that they're doing. On the WWE side, I don't have that allegiance to uh, Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate that a lot of the UK or NXT in general fans do. The Creeds are good in the ring, so I mean, I'm interested. Um, uh, what other tag teams do they have? Damian Priest and uh, Finn Balor, I'm burnt out on. Ah, uh, I, I know. You want to see the awesome truth reunite. Well, I can't blame you on that, Micah. They <laughs> probably are going to be my favorite tag team when they finally do have that. When they have that reunion, Micah, and they hold up tag titles at the grandest stage of them all at WrestleMania 40. Can't blame they're, you with that. They're going to, and a lot of people are going to be pissed. People are pissed online care. because they're like, you literally have the Creeds and the New Catch Republic, and instead you're going to give that spot to them. They're over, though. I don't like that name, by the way. The New Catch Republic? Yeah. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> it's playing off the New Czech Republic, which... Is it? Yeah, I thought, because it's a European they, country. I don't think that's what they Corey said that it's a play on their old tag name in the UK, so I don't think it has anything to do with the Czech Republic, Mike. <laughs> Are you sure? I swear that's, <laughs> that's what, what I thought Corey, it was. That's what Corey said. Why would they be repping the Czech Republic? <sighs> that man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> this <laughs> is what popped in my head. Oh, come on, man. Well, the big <laughs> strong boy and the bruiser weight were putting me to sleep, so... I don't know how much I'll be interested in their next run or whoever they're catching. Oh, come on. Well, the Judgment Day did win this match. I don't know if you told our listeners that. They did win. I think it went 18 minutes. I thought Tyler Bate looked good in there. Micah couldn't care less about Tyler Bate. Micah hates Pete Dunne, and he hates all of the UK. But that's all, that's all right. We'll move on. We'll go to the next. I think it was a segment. After this, they took a very long time to get to. Yeah. Well, that's, I guess here's a good time to talk about it. At first, I don't hate the UK. I just have not bought into these guys. No. (laughs) No. (laughs) Anyways, a big topic online, the the, the discourse coming out of the show, was that Mm. this show was four hours long with four matches because they ran a lot of tourism stuff and ads and propaganda (laughs) and look i'm not here to say that it's right at the end of the day you pay five dollars to watch the pay-per-view they've got to make their money back somehow and on top of that here's a little secret ladies and gentlemen you want to enjoy the pay-per-view a lot more you want an inside scoop into what the Scoop Slam podcast does to enjoy a lot of pay-per-views? Watch them on Rewind. <laughs> Bro, I don't know who was getting up at four in the morning to watch this. I would have been mad if I did, and it took four hours for for everybody to get through four matches, yes. But like you said, watch it when you get up at noon or one o'clock. It's on a Saturday, so you I mean... Most people don't work Saturdays. Just find some time to watch it afterwards and skip through all the nonsense. 
Yeah, that's exactly what I do for like 90% of the WWE pay-per-views. They the AW pay-per-views, I'll watch them live. Yeah. Well, used to. Some of the ones recently I've been watching on repeat, so I go, hmm, Orange Cassidy's on? Okay, let's go ahead. <laughs> but just anyways... Stay, just, just stay off Twitter, you'll be okay. Just watch yeah. it at the worst. Exactly. And nobody... Is gonna be on there freaking upset that so and so is not live tweeting a five a.m. pay per view, and I yeah. stay up till four in the morning typically just because of the shift I'm on. But good lord, there was no way. It's it's not like it's live like NFL or live NBA where people are gonna be talking about it the next day. It's gonna yeah. spoil it if you didn't watch it. If it was WrestleMania at 5 a.m., that might be a different story. That's a different story, but I don't know a lot of wrestling fans around me that would be talking about uh, Elimination Chamber the day after. Yeah. And it ain't sure ain't going to be me, because, again, this this is a four-match card. There's not much to talk about. I saw the card and was like, okay, there's nothing on here. I'm just going to die if I don't catch it live. Cool. I'm going to watch it later. There's a, a life hack, ladies and gentlemen. Well, somebody did the <clears throat> excuse me, Micah. Somebody did the math online, and the end of the Tyler Bate Pete Dunne Judgment Day match, the end of that match to the start of the men's Elimination Chamber match was 55 minutes. Like in between that, which, to be fair, they did have the Grayson Waller segment. It didn't take that long, man, but the entrances and the packages and the tourist packages. You think that's a deal that the city has with WWE if they um, bid the money to get the PLE? Oh, I'm sure, especially another country. Yeah, because they know it's a primarily United States broadcast. Yeah, I forgot they did do that for Tampa. Yeah, yeah, we we were there, and then I rewatched the event, and they had like three or four uh, Clearwater, Florida. Uh, come visit Clearwater, Florida. We have the best beaches, the best uh, restaurants, and you know stuff like that. And it's, they did that in Saudi Arabia too for the last uh, what was that Crown Jewel or whatever that was. Well, that's I saw something on Twitter the other day, and then we can talk about the Grayson Waller effect. Um, but it was like somebody was saying, you know, if WWE is so hot right now, why don't they book a Wembley Stadium and try and break the record? And somebody put on there that they used to work in like live event scheduling and stuff like that. And they were like, here's the difference between what AEW does and what WWE does. For WWE's pay-per-views, they get bid on. PLE. PLE. They get yeah. bid on. So these cities come forth because they know it's going to generate just boo koodles of tourism and money and revenue and all that crap. So they bid on it to make their money back. So unless London or I believe that's where Wembley is, is going to, okay. It's going to bid on having something in a stadium like that. They're not going to do that. But because why would you go to London and pay when you could go to Puerto Rico and have them pay for it? Whereas AW, 
paid out of pocket to book Wembley Stadium, which they already have connections there because Tony has the soccer team and the Jags play there two or three times during the NFL season. So basically, that's a different scale, and that's why so many tourism ads are ran. That's why you get ads during your PLE. It's not a pay-per-view. It's a premium live event that you pay 5 to $10 for. If I was paying $60 and I got on the ads, you're dang right I'd be pissed, but I'm not. It seems like it's a new thing, though. I don't remember them doing that back in the day. I know they used to have people bid on WrestleMania cities. They've done that for years. In fact, I was listening to something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard the other day, and he said that the first WrestleMania they did that for have cities bid on the WrestleMania location was Houston for WrestleMania 17. That was the first time wow. they had a city. Yeah, that was the first time they had a city bid and uh, got got WrestleMania there. But the whole about the cities bidding on the premium live events, that's got to be a new thing. I think it comes more for... Okay, so here... And again, this is just speculation. I think they put up the big four, except for Survivor Series. I don't really think they bid on that one just because it's kind of... It's like the lesser out of the four. I think they put up WrestleMania. Royal Rumble and SummerSlam forbid. So you get all these cities and then you got a Perth or a Puerto Rico or somebody like that. Who's like, okay, well, if you can't do one of the big four, we'll pay you to come out here. Just make it a PLE. I think that's what it comes down to. They just give them the money and WWE fits it into their schedule. Yeah. I like that they do it, especially in different countries because it adds to the atmosphere. Especially when you don't see a lot of American crowds, they they're used to seeing it so much that they kind of just sit on their hands a lot. But if you go to like a a Berlin, Germany, or uh, I don't know, a, a Puerto Rico, there those fans are going to be rabid because they never ever get to see live wrestling, especially WWE. Yeah, and like you said, I think it just makes the whole the experience better. For us here in the U.S., it makes the global impact of WWE just seem even greater, too. What, one, one more thing, Mike, and then we'll move on. Where, where do you want to see them go that they haven't been for a premium live event? Huh? That's tough. Um, Maybe Asia? Somewhere in Asia? Well, the only thing about that is... Japan, I don't know because the customs there are a little different in terms of like what they cheer for and how they act. China is not going to be a good spot to be in. No, 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 no. <laughs> they did go to they did go to Japan one time for a uh, special event on the network, but that was like almost eight nine years ago. Was that Great Balls of Fire? No, come on. <laughs> no, I was I was being serious. I was, was not trying to be. <laughs> No, that was Beast Beast in the East. Beast in the Okay, I knew it was one of those Great events calls. like with a funky name. <laughs> yeah, they went there uh I think it was like 9 years ago at this point, 2015. They had a Raw there too, didn't they? In the 2000s. 2004 because I remember Tajiri was over massive. <laughs> Got a huge ovation. 
I can imagine that. I mean, he's the hometown guy. Did you? A little Tajiri. He represents the whole country. Was he from Tokyo? I don't know. I don't know. Well, I mean, it's a small country. He's still, he's like one of the like three Japanese guys in WWE at that time. Yeah, I guess so. Well, anyway, speaking of being a hometown boy, the Grayson Waller effect was next. And, oh, you know, I didn't even answer your question. Um, (laughs) I think I should. Well, I don't. South, North Korea. Um, (laughs) I think a show in Brazil would probably be pretty good because they have a pretty like rabid fan base for like soccer and stuff like that. I think that would be good. Didn't Jericho almost get arrested in Brazil? Like, <laughs> the Brazilian flag. I think he stomped on it. <laughs> I think that was the last time they went to Brazil. That's heat, brother. Yeah. I mean, Sean stuck the Canadian flag up his nose. JBL goose-stepped when they were in Germany. Almost got arrested. He did what? He goose-stepped, you know, held up the, you know, the little Hitler, hell Hitler oh. thing. Oh, no, no, I did oh, not yeah. know that. Oh, yeah. you never seen that clip. No, when did that happen? <laughs> that was like, oh, four, 2004. It was in a tag match. He was on the apron waiting for a hot tag. Or not a hot tag because he was the heel. But he was trying to get heat with the German crowd, and he just started goose-stepping on the apron. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. And, you know, that's illegal there. So he, Yeah. Yeah, he was about to get arrested there. Wow. No, I didn't know that. That's crazy. (laughs) Or a pay-per-view in like Mexico City. I think that would be good. Yeah, I wouldn't hate that. But anyways, hometown guy, Grayson Waller, Grayson Waller effect. Um, He had as his guests, Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins. Him and Austin Theory were out there. He did a shooey. He got a huge reaction. He has one of the best theme songs in WWE right now. And it makes me so mad because... Then I have to realize who's actually coming out to that theme song. The intro is pretty good, but man, is it just me or does all WWE themes have that same kind of, I don't know, corporate rap type? Yeah. To it. Like Bronson Reed has that same type of theme. The raw intro is that same type of theme. The intros do suck, especially compared to what we used to have. Just seems like it's, I don't know, corporate corporate rap. I don't know if that's the name of the genre, but that's what people that, are calling it online. I was about to say, if that's not the name of the genre, then that's exactly what it is. That's the best way I've ever heard it described. Yeah, I don't know. Well, anyways, uh, like I said, his guests were Austin Theory, and no, Austin Theory was helping him host. Yeah, with no chair. They didn't get yeah. my boy a chair. Everybody had a chair in this segment up here. He was like the bodyguard. He's the guy that pulls the rope back for private party. He's okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> but Cody and Seth were in there. And honestly, I didn't have a like huge takeaway from this other than what was the big uh, was- reveal. This was nothing. A yeah. big nothing burger. Other than the fact that Cody mentioned that he would face the rock anytime, anywhere. 
So I do have to pose the question to you, Ryan. Where do you even think we could see that happen before WrestleMania? We're not going to see that on SmackDown. That's, That's not going to happen. It's not going to happen on SmackDown. Even though I would think, I do think if it did happen on SmackDown, it'd probably do the biggest rating uh, on maybe the last five years of SmackDown. But dude, not, there ain't no telling. I'd say three and a half. Yeah, when they first went to Fox for SmackDown, they did they did like five million viewers. I can see it doing. Maybe not five million, but like a good four million. But that's not gonna happen on SmackDown. It's got to be WrestleMania. It's got to be WrestleMania Night One. I don't think that we're still. I don't think we're gonna get a one-on-one match. I think this just it's just smoke and mirrors right here. Seth and Cody, Rock and Roman. I feel like that's still gonna be a tag match for Night One. Really? So do you have? Where do you have Seth and Drew then? That could be night two. So you have both. Yeah. Defending. Yeah. Seth said that he is a couple days away from being cleared. So he could work two nights in a row. Okay. You can even have Drew go to him into it. So it kind of plays into his effect. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Because Drew has been picking the bones of everybody he's been facing. He's been. Uh, you know, getting nefarious pinfalls from people getting jumped. So I can see, I can see Drew, you know, goading Seth into that tag match. And Seth did say that he's going to be there for Cody. You think maybe we get like Seth, Seth turns his back on Cody and then stacks the deck even more? Nah, I don't. I think Seth will stay where you don't he's think at. He's lay, you don't think he's laying it all a little too thick right now? I don't know. I guess it depends where they want to go with Drew after this, but they've got that little promo video that's got Rock and Roman on one side and Cody and Seth on the other, and that's what makes me think, like, they've got to have some kind of tag match or something. But why is Seth on Cody's side, though? He Cody beat him three times in a row. Seth? I don't know. Of WWE. You said what? For the good of WWE. He hates Roman. I don't know. Ah, I, I guess you can put your differences aside to take down the bloodline. But if a guy beat me up three times, Mike, I'm not going to exactly help him fight his battles. You know. I mean, I agree, but you know how wrestling is, especially if it's a oh well, I'm a babyface and I've got to help the the greater. Uh, I've got to. What's the word I'm looking for? There's a bigger purpose than me. You know, that's a big. (laughs) Yeah. But other than that, I mean, Grayson Waller was hugely over here. So that was cool. And uh, Seth came out wearing the Prince glasses. Hate to be (laughs) like that. Nobody Uh should wear those in WWE like ever. Why? You know why? Because Velveteen Dream wore them all the time. Yeah, I liked them. I do too, but that's what I think of now. <laughs> I didn't think of it until you brought it up. Really? That was immediately oh. what I thought of. I was like, wow, that's the Velveteen Dream glasses. Maybe he borrowed them off of them. Who knows? Well, he's making a return. Hey. Much to uh, a lot of people's chagrin. I'd pop if he showed up, but this whole thing could have <laughs> been 
could have been left over there in the States. This could this could have happened on Raw, if we're being honest, Micah. They did my I boy mean, Theory wrong too. Yeah. Oh well, I gotta say this though. He did sell the piss out of it. It was funny, but they treated him like a jabroni. And then Grayson just let his boy get get beat down right in front of him. Didn't he help? Well, he snatched the mic from him. He didn't even help though. Mike, if I see you getting beat up, I'm gonna jump in. I'm not just gonna sit there, watch it. Well, you got a point. I mean, I wouldn't let you get beat up like that either, but you know how wrestling <laughs> is. <laughs> and then the no, but Mike on Monday, they didn't even acknowledge it though. <laughs> like Theory could at least brought it up when they had a backstage segment. Like, dang man, was is it like that? You're just gonna watch me get beat down? Oh, they well, just Moving right along. I thought he kind of shot a, a look at him about it or seemed standoffish to him, sort of. Well, that's it? That's the follow-up we get? Well, you know, they love to play secret. Uh, well, we we don't know what might happen. <laughs> yeah, I guess. But, yeah, this didn't, didn't do theory any favors about his future main event of WrestleMania plans. I don't see that in the cards for old theory right now. Yeah, I don't think Triple H is very high on him. But speaking of potentially main eventing WrestleMania, we got the men's elimination chamber up next, consisting of Bobby Lashley versus Kevin Owens versus Randy Orton versus Logan Paul versus Drew McIntyre versus L.A. Knight. Yeah. yeah. And all in all, I thought it was a pretty solid chamber. I did end up liking this one more than the women's, even though I was higher on that than you were. Uh, but to start us off with the scoops, Ryan, I'll take the lead on this one. I thought the way that they treated Logan Paul was great. The build-up to him just being a prick, which is like his the best thing about him because it's genuine. Um, but the, the way that Kevin Owens and Lashley just beat the crap out of him was great. And then him kind of getting the last laugh on both of them was an even better part in all that. Yeah, he did well in there. He did really well in there. Did you see the clip of him drawing two on the chamber yeah. pod? Yeah. <laughs> He's he made got the most, it. He made the most of his of his camera time. He's just one of those weird scenarios where it just works. You know what I mean? Sometimes that's just how it is for somebody in the wrestling yep. business. I enjoyed KO and Logan Paul's back and forth in this whole match. I'm a little, I'm kind of excited for their WrestleMania match if that is the direction they're going to go in. That's the only thing. I don't know where they go from here with everybody. I think it's um, gonna be a multi-man match. I think that I don't I don't like that scenario, a multi-man match. I think you can spread this out. You could have one-on-one -on -one matches with AJ and LA Knight. That'll be a good match. Whether yeah, people but... whether people care or not about AJ is a different story. But Logan Paul and Randy Orton. That could be a one-on-one -on -one match worthy of a WrestleMania. Do you really want to see Randy Orton in a ladder match, Michael? He just came back from back surgery. Not to say it had to be a ladder match, but I just I think if they don't oh, put if they don't give what? Logan Paul something, 
It's if they put him in a match with AJ Styles at WrestleMania, his push is dead. I don't know about that. You could still have him. It's more than what he did last year's at last year's WrestleMania. Well, sure, we, but we still I got mean, money in the bank. You can heat him up again. It's not like it. He's dead and buried if he wrestles AJ Styles at WrestleMania. Do you know who AJ Styles has wrestled at WrestleMania, Micah? Do you know his his past WrestleMania opponents? I don't know. He's wrestled he's wrestled Chris Jericho. He's wrestled The Undertaker. He's wrestled Randy Orton. He's wrestled Edge. He's wrestled Shinsuke Nakamura. But he has wrestled some of the biggest names in the history of oh, Shane McMahon. Shane McMahon, he wrestled him at WrestleMania too. I mean, AJ Styles doesn't, ex- he's not a scrub, Micah. All these legends want to face AJ Styles for a reason. AJ Styles is still a legend in this industry. I mean, I get that, but right now he's so cold. Like, just nobody cares. You don't think it would add credibility to LA Knight by beating AJ Styles on the grandest stage of them all? If he beat him on SmackDown, is it going to change anything at all? Well, no, because SmackDown isn't the grandest stage of them all, Micah. Why? I, I just, I don't know. I think Logan Paul needs to win, or I think LA Knight needs to win the United States Championship at WrestleMania. I don't think, maybe he's too big for U.S. title at this point. Maybe it's, he's going straight to the, the world title or the WWE title. I don't think he needs the U.S. title. You think he dethrones Drew? I can see it. I can see it. Maybe a Cody. He could beat Cody. Oh, I don't know about that. They need to start mixing up this main event scene. I'm tired of these six-year-long reigns for these, I think, for these titles. I think that's really what's about to happen at this WrestleMania. I think Gunther's going to lose. I think Roman's going to lose. I do think Rhea's going to keep it. Um... I think we're going to get new tag champs. I think we're going to get a new U.S. champ. I think a lot is fixed. We're going to get a new uh, WWE women's champ. I think, like, because I kind of been built. Era is coming in WWE. And I think this is really about to be the end of anything that had Vince on it. And now this is fully the TKO era. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can see it. I can see it. I just, I'm just tired of these long reigns. Yeah. Just very tired of these. Did you have any other scoops for this? Well, for I actually, that was my scoop, but yeah. You only had one scoop for this whole match? No, no, no. I have more. I just, oh, okay, okay. I'm okay. going to let you get your piece in. Okay. We had a scoop slam alert, Micah. Drew McIntyre delivered a scoop slam, but Michael Cole. Calls it a Michinoko driver. <laughs> Did you see that? <laughs> no, I really think, didn't even catch it. Why does he think everything's a Michinoko driver, man? I don't understand that. He's trying to uh, be hip with the fellow kids. But you think if you call as much wrestling as Michael Cole has over the last 30 years, that he would know the difference between a scoop slam and a Michinoko driver? I don't know. I mean, I would hope, but then again, People are in that kind of thing. Is he not watching the matches or (laughs) what's going on? He's trying to study his uh, stardom in New Japan, like Excalibur. Okay. Okay. All right. I get that. Randy. 
Randy's selling, man. Did were you legitimately concerned for Randy Orton in this match like I was? A little bit. Like at first I was like, oh, okay, you know, whatever. But then like he was on the ground for majority of the match, which I think a lot of that was a factor of him just kind of getting back into the rhythm of things. And I mean, he is a little older, let's be honest with ourselves, but I, if, if this was an actual injury and I don't believe it was, he did an amazing sell job. Yeah. You actually were concerned. Well, at least I was for his, his back. Cause he was selling it. He was selling it like crazy in this match. Felt like he was the only one selling this match. Yeah, that was one of my main takeaways was, I mean, he was doing a really good job selling, and something that gets lost a lot of times in these Elimination Chambers matches is it is supposed to be grueling, it's supposed to be violent, and I know they don't have blood, so that is kind of a hard dynamic to get, but a lot of times, like, guys get slammed on the outside, and then they're right back up. Yeah. I like they didn't do a lot of stunts in this elimination chamber since they had a bunch of them in the women's chamber. This was kind of like a hard hitting, uh, kind of a, you know, kind of a grueling elimination chamber. I enjoyed that. I think that's the that was the right direction to go. Well, and two, you got a lot of guys in there who, again, let's be honest with ourselves, are kind of older. You got Randy. You've got LA Knight. Uh, Lashley. Lashley. Lashley, KO's not exactly a spring chicken. He's almost 40. Drew Youngest one in the match 30. was Logan Paul. Yeah, Drew's what, 37? Yeah, yeah, so, about 37. They couldn't really do it, but all in all, I thought it did work to their favor because this is just loaded with stars. At the end of the day, that's what it's about. Well, I thought Logan was going to do something crazy off the chamber or something to that effect, but he really didn't. I thought he did. Didn't he do one dive off one of the pods? But it wasn't like a 450 burning hammer through two tables, Micah. I mean, <laughs> it wasn't It wasn't like a that outrageous. I think he did do like crossbody or something. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it was. Um, which speaking of Logan, one of my other uh, scoops was when he had the brass knuckles and Randy ended up hitting that RKO. I thought that the shot of that and just everything that built up to it was absolutely perfect. Like it was so satisfying getting him or watching him get RKO'd. Yeah, that was a great shot that they had. Didn't ruin it by like the camera didn't pick up on that Randy was stalking him at all, which I did enjoy. Yeah, and sometimes that bothers me because it's like you know something's about to happen. Why is the camera yeah. not cutting to that guy? But in that instance, it didn't bother me at all. Yeah. And like I said earlier, um, Randy did a great job selling. That was also one of my scoops. My final one I got, Drew winning this whole thing is the right call. And that's kind of crazy to think about because four weeks ago, or I believe it was about four weeks ago, whenever we were... Returning from the Royal Rumble, we talked about Drew on the ride home, and I had no interest in seeing him in the main event, and I didn't feel like he was supposed to be there, but he has done such a good job of re... 
invigorating himself in the fans' minds, or at least in mine. Not only has he had good matches, the one with Cody was really good a couple weeks ago. This was pretty solid. But even the character work, it's a lot different than what he's been doing, but it's really working. Because like I said earlier, he's telling the truth, which is typically a babyface thing, but it's kind of working here. And then he's got this dynamic of, well, I've been screwed, but now he's not exactly screwing people, but he's not doing anything to stop people from getting... Oh, well. He's not exactly (laughs) doing anything to stop himself from reaping the benefits of people getting, you know, their opportunity taken. Yeah. Okay. You understand what I'm trying to say. I get you. I get you. I get you. But uh, I I did like that Drew, he didn't, he didn't really beat anyone clean in this match with that, which added on to what he's been doing on TV. Cause he didn't beat Bobby clean. I believe Bobby just got beat down it's something. I forget what it was. He eliminated I LA just, Knight. Uh, I think what it was, was. What is their name? The Karen Cross. No, no, they weren't there. They didn't interfere and cause no, Bobby no. to lose? Nah, 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 nah. That happened in Rumble. That didn't happen here. Oh, okay. Never mind. My, my bad. My bad. Oh, you're talking about in this match. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bobby got screwed by... What happened? Drew didn't just beat him clean. Dang, I can't even remember. Was it like a roll-up? I think it was. Or... Oh, man, I'm blanking hard. (laughs) I almost want to say that, like, Bobby did something to somebody, and then... Oh, man. No, 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 no. What? Didn't Bobby get hit with a move and instead of whoever else pinned it, pinning him, Drew hit him with like a Claymore and then he pinned Bobby? I can't remember. Whatever. I, I My mind's not here. That sounds about right. But Drew picked the bones of Bobby. He eliminated LA Knight after AJ interfered. Eliminated Randy after Logan Paul interfered. So Drew, this adds on to what Drew's been doing on TV, which, I mean, he is who he claims he hates. Now, at this point, he's no better than Roman Reigns. Yeah. And that's the character work I was kind of talking about, but it's not just the actual events, but even on the mic, he's selling it really well. Yeah. Yeah. It. He did. He did. He's been on fire, man. Since you cut that promo on him, driving back from from Rumble, he he's been proving you wrong every single every single week now. Happy I got behind him when I did, but I gotta be honest, I was just kind of half trolling you that night when I was. Defending oh, I know. <laughs> when I was defending Drew, I mean, I like Drew, but at that point, come on, man, he wasn't WrestleMania main event worthy. But he's done such a fantastic job of trolling CM Punk fans. And he has gotten himself over as the top heel on Raw at this point. Yeah. Can't deny it. As a Punk fan, it is triggering. But at the same time, it's such good content that I can't be mad about it. 
especially because their feud when CM Punk gets back, CM Punk and Drew McIntyre are going to have a really, really great feud. Probably more entertaining than the whole CM Punk Seth Rollins feud that we're going to get. Yeah, which I still think we'll get that down the line, but I think the Drew stuff has more legs now. Yeah. yeah. Rather than the Seth stuff just being like, well, I said stuff that I didn't like you years ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. They actually have they have beef on camera rather than beef off camera. Yeah. Did you have any other scoops for this one or does that one tie you up as well? Yeah, you pretty much we pretty much hit on everything. The slams, I did have a couple of those though, Micah. Okay. I only have one, so I'll go ahead and get mine out of the way. The only thing I really didn't like about this, I didn't like the fact that KO and Randy were still in after LA Knight. And I understand that he got screwed, but uh, I don't know, man. I just didn't care. Especially, like, Randy, I can buy it, but KO, I don't know. I feel like LA Knight could have used a little bit more of the rub than he can. Well, if you didn't have KO versus Logan Paul for Mania, what were you going to do with KO? Well, uh, you know, somebody's got to sit in catering. Oh, con- oh, wow. Fat shaming again, huh, Micah? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Come That's on, not man. what I said. I'm oh, just. Oh, man. You, they could have found sure- something else for him to do. They would have ran out of food, but I don't know. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, who's bad shaving now, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen? KO, he has been in a singles championship drought for a long time now, Micah. So I don't I don't necessarily think that's a bad idea to have him win the US title from Logan Paul. Yeah, but you got LA Knight right there. But does LA Knight need that at this point? He can just go straight to the main event scene. Isn't like mid card a little beneath him at this point? I mean, uh, maybe. I I think it would be fine, but I think they're building him up for bigger and better things in the coming year. But right now, Logan Paul, Kevin Owens, that seems to be the direction. What was your other slam? Or did I just step all over your last slam? No, that was it. Oh, that was it? Yeah, okay, you didn't yeah. step all over it. Okay, all right. There's the two interferences in a chamber match, that's you can't have that, man. One of them, all right, I'll overlook, but two, why? Why even have the chamber match? I see, and I know are you talking about the interference from Yeah. From AJ and then you had Logan Paul interfering with the finish as well when he folded up Randy like laundry. Uh, did yeah. you see that punch he threw Randy? Yeah, <laughs> Randy just- kind of missed. <laughs> no, but Randy sold it like a million bucks, though. Yeah, I'll give him that. He did. He just crumbled. Yeah, that was that was a good sell job, but Randy did a lot of good selling in this match. But two interference spots in the same chamber match, that's lazy. Don't do that. That's I agree. Garbage. That's a bad trope of Triple H booking right now, too. Interference. Yeah. You got to protect your guys, but if it ends up if it ends up hurting the match, just don't book don't book those guys in that match. 
Mm-hmm. Then it works sometimes. Like uh, when Drew and Cody had that match on Raw a couple weeks ago, that makes storyline sense for there to be an interference. But here, like, okay, I get it for the LA Knight AJ Styles one if you're trying to further that feud. But for the Logan Randy, like, I think that could have been a little different. I don't know. Did AJ Styles travel travel 23 hours just to beat up LA Knight? Apparently. All the way from Georgia. How mad do you have to be to travel <laughs> twenty three hours? <laughs> a long flight. He's just seething, <laughs> just brooding all the way there. <laughs> just got his hoodie on too, listening <laughs> to his old TNA theme the whole time. Oh man, which one? <laughs> Get ready to fly. No, that one's too happy. I do like that oh. one though. What was the other one called? I forget, but I know it was a great theme. Yeah, I can like hear it in my head, but I can't remember the theme. Somebody's gonna be p- evil ways. Oh yeah, that is it. That is. Yeah, it. there we go. Okay, I'm the historian today. Ah, look at you. Oh, hey, it is a leap year. It'll be the only time this happens in four years. Yeah, leap day. Well, anyways, did you have any other slams for the chamber match? Nah, I was gonna go with another slam, but I think we already hit on that, so. Overall, I did enjoy the chamber match, though. Yeah. I I mean, honestly, I enjoyed pretty much the whole pay-per-view, which we're about to get to the last match. But, uh, I mean, the tag match wasn't bad. It just wasn't memorable to me. Well, we didn't have a pay-per-view, Micah. We had a PR. Oh, here we go. You and your terms. Just saying. Well, anyways, we move to the main event of Elimination Chamber, the... PLE from Perth, Australia, which is the home, or Australia is the home, of both none ladies. other than the, wait, what did you say? Both ladies. Uh, Naya's from Australia? She was born in Australia, yeah. I didn't know that. I thought she was from, uh, I thought they said she was from, like, California or something. She was born in Australia, though. Yeah, she, uh, yeah, they brought it up in the match. She is from... Hold on, pull that up real quick. We need the guy from... Uh, what's what's his name? Jamie? She's Sydney. Oh, Jamie from like Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah. She's from Sydney, Australia. Yeah, she was born in Sydney. Huh. Well, I didn't know that. She grew up well, in San Diego, though. There we go. Okay, I wanted to say San Jose, but I felt like that wasn't it. Close. But anyways... Uh, for the WWE Women's World Championship, um, Rhea Ripley versus Nia Jax in what was the last women's main event that I can remember for a WWE pay-per-view in a good minute. Uh, Certainly it's not that WrestleMania from years ago, is it? Yeah, you might be right, yeah. What was two years ago? That mania with Becky and Bianca? Did that no, it wasn't Becky and Bianca. I thought it was Sasha and Bianca. Becky and Bianca didn't main event two years ago? Oh. No, 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 no. You're right. It did. It did. 
Mm-hmm. WrestleMania 39, not, not 39, 38, night one. Yeah, that makes sense. It's been a while, though. Yeah. But I felt like it was deserved, obviously, because Rhea's very much over and it was her hometown. And honestly, I've got to admit, I was not anticipating to like this. But I thought, and this might be a hot take, I thought this was a pretty good match. Yeah. And I feel like Nia Jax, since her return, has been a really good hire that a lot of people uh, dogged on when they first brought her back. But that was one of my scoops was they've done an excellent job of building her up like, you know, a terror, somebody that's just impossible to deal with or, um, you know, she, she just terrorized the women's roster. And especially to be able to make somebody like Rhea, who's been a dominant, powerful heel, she shifted her entire dynamic in this match to an underdog, powerless baby face. Yeah, and they they did work really well in there together. Yeah. Big man and little man match. And I'm sure they were both trying to. Like I said, it was hometown for both of them, but I don't know. I mean, I'm very much impressed with Rhea, don't get me wrong. But I'm Nia too. I'm about to say I'm pretty impressed with Nia Jax because this seems like an entirely different woman than the than the woman who used to be in WWE years ago. But Micah, you gotta think though. This is probably the only only opportunity that she is she being Nia is ever going to get of main eventing a premium live event. So she had no choice but to go all out here. Well, I mean, you got a good point, but I just, I don't know. I wasn't sure what to expect, and I thought that, like, Rhea would be really solid and there would be a couple bobbles here and there. But legit, I had no slams for this match. There was nothing that was egregious or just really bad, like, just completely overplanned or anything it was solid top to bottom to me and one of my first scoops was overall just the moment for Rhea uh which I'm sure for Nia too it was cool but Rhea is like the really you know Australian hero kind of and this moment for her was really cool you could see her almost break up towards the end of her entrance um but she was trying to hold it all together her family front row and everything. It was it was a really cool moment, and the pop for her was really big, too. It was, but we haven't really talked about this Australian crowd much. I don't know, maybe this outdoor stadium aspect kind of hurt the crowd noise. Was it as loud as you thought it was going to be, Micah? Nah, it definitely was not a Puerto Rico or um, a London when they went there for Money in the Bank, which I think being outdoors hurt it. But really, too, when you've seen some of the pictures of the arena, they had a good bit of it tarped off. Like, that arena can hold a lot more people. I think it's because they were far, far away. Like they That, had too. The, like, the entire section where the seats were were like a 60 yards from the ring and they had a lot of ground seats but still though i mean if you bought one of them 
those other seats, Micah, how far back are you are you sitting? There ain't no telling. It was, I mean, like you said, it was probably 50 or 60 yards. I'm sure they had probably 50 rows of chairs, if not yeah. more. Yeah, and an outdoor stadium is going to get hurt because yeah. the, the noise escapes through the, the top of it. It doesn't stay compact like it would in a dome or a regular NBA-size arena here in the States. So it it didn't really feel like a you know a, a crowd like Puerto Rico or London, like you said earlier. Even in Rumble, like just because it was set up in a baseball stadium, the it didn't come across well. Even if it was loud to us on the TV, it's just such an open area where the back half of that didn't even have fans to really close in that. So all the sound is going to push that way. And there's yeah. nothing returning it. And there were people there that said that it was loud in the stadium, but it just didn't translate to didn't translate to in here in my living room, Micah watching this. But she did get a big pop, Rhea. I mean, Rhea did get a big pop from the Australian crowd. The whole shoey thing is nasty and gross, and I hate that, <laughs> by the way. It's disgusting, but I mean That's what they do. It's their thing. I'll let them have it. All right, but it ain't going to be over here. It ain't going to be my thing. Yeah, no. I, I'm going to need some money for that. Yeah, well, it's probably a lot of a lot of women's wrestling fans that would love to take out a real Ripley shoe. You know, there's probably some guys defending Maxine we were talking about earlier. All right, there you go. Did you have uh, any scoops? I got a couple more, but, you know, we can ping pong back and forth. I didn't write anything down for this. I enjoyed the match overall, but I didn't really have any scoops or slams per se. Well, I got a couple, and I'm sure I'll try and jog your memory with them. She hit a really nice superplex. Rhea being she hit a really nice superplex and then hit the riptide. That, like, all that for Nia, even when Nia climbed up on the top rope, it's just crazy to see. Obviously, I don't mean this negative at all (laughs) okay well what i was gonna say is a lot of how she kind of wrestles is yokozuna-esque and what i mean by that is is a lot of guys will say if you watch a yokozuna match it kind of seems unpolished kind of seems rough like yokozuna's like kind of just beating the crap out of the guy but it works, and if you ask a lot of guys, Yoko was a good worker. And so I think that maybe is kind of where Nia is at now. I'm not saying she's a good worker because people have came out and said that she's bad. I think that's just her style, and I think seeing her come out of that element in this match where she was going to the top rope or even the middle rope trying to do stuff more often was a really cool touch to just show how bad she did want this. Cause like you said, this is probably her only opportunity. And it was her best match too. Yeah. Probably ever from her. Yeah. It was her best match. She has improved a lot since she first got there, but she, she ain't no awesome Kong in there, but what she no. did do in there, it looked good. Yeah. And Rhea's, Rhea's a great seller too. Like, I mean, she's the best women's wrestler in the world right now. So that obviously helps Nia look great. But overall, I think 
what they did here was good and just the fact they were kind of pull off, like I said, that dynamic. Make Rhea feel like an underdog baby face. Make Nia feel like a just, you know, a monster who can't be stopped. Overall, pretty good booking decisions here by Triple H and better psychology in the ring. My other scoop and the final one, uh, just overall, I just realized that I pretty much said all that. My other scoop was just the fact of the build of the match. Whoa, and whoa, whoa. Did the psychology. What about the table spot? Did you Do you remember that? Where she tried to, Naya tried to put Rhea through the announce table. The announce table wouldn't break. And instead of Naya just giving up on the spot, she was like, uh-uh, F that. And she went over there to, <laughs> to the chair and jumped off of it and hit Rhea. And then the table exploded. Yeah. You that? yeah, which I didn't expect it to do that with her jumping off the chair. I thought she were, probably should have went to the barricade, but were you were you scared that she was gonna slip off? Because that was a chair with wheels. And I don't know yeah. if you've ever jumped off like one of those computer chairs and then you kind of just lose your footing and you know, kind of hit face first on the on the ground. I kind of <laughs> I figured that was about to happen. I wouldn't have been surprised, especially with Naya's uh, been all history. <laughs> that would have been, been an all-time fail. Oh, now I'm just imagining that. That almost would have been better. Yeah. Oh, oh heck yeah. Would have lived in infamy. But I, I was more worried that she was going to jump on the table and it wasn't going to break. You were afraid that that wasn't going to break? Oh, what's that supposed to mean? Well, I'm just saying, like, come on now. She, she, she's, um, you know, she's, she, she's, she's a big, she's a big lady, Micah. Come on, man. Yeah. Of a larger yeah. build. She has a larger build. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Big that bone. table was going down. Yeah. It's a big bone, man. That <laughs> table was going down. You know. <laughs> hey, I got to admit, if anybody tries to diss Ryan about Naya, you are the loudest person in the entire St. Petersburg area cheering for her. Oh, yeah. Oh, heck, yeah. I think we had... No, wait a minute. We had a Naya fan behind me. Yeah, that's we, true. We, and then when she got eliminated, Naya got eliminated, I just turned around to my new uh, found best friend back there, the Naya, the Naya fan club member, and we just kind of shook our, our heads in, like, <laughs> in sadness. But, yeah, she, she did her thing in this match. I think this is Rhea's WrestleMania moment. I don't think she's going to retain next month. I really don't. I think this is what this is what they're gonna give her in consolation for her getting beat by Becky next month. I really do. Uh, but does anybody want to see that? Becky does have fans. She is over. There is people online that still think that she is the greatest women's wrestler of all time. So yeah, I do think people, some people, want to see that. And Rhea has held the title since last WrestleMania. She can't hold it forever. I mean, you got a point, but I don't. I would rather her hold it until probably like next WrestleMania, and then her and what? Come on, man, <laughs> you are running out of ladies. What's well, she gonna face? What's she like gonna do when she loses? Oh, I mean, she could be uh, Dom and her could actually be away from Judgment Day, and they could be their own act. I wouldn't hate that. 
as well. Honestly, that's probably all that's left for Rhea currently is to turn babyface. Yeah, I don't. I just don't think that she's gonna have this title much longer. Just because she had the title all of last year, and she pretty much did nothing with it. Was that she, yeah. who, who she feud with? Who did she feud with that you remember? Mike? Uh, well, uh, this is her first meaningful match on PLE, right? That's that I can remember. Um, didn't she? Did she face Zelina? On that Puerto Rico show, or am I misremembering that? No, that mm-hmm. yeah, that happened. That was the last thing I remember, though. It's it hasn't been built well. I, I won't lie, and if they do swap it, I'm not going to be horribly upset. I'm just not a huge fan of Becky, especially right now. Uh, so I don't know. We'll see how it plays out, but overall, um, personally, I know this pay per view or PLE got a lot of hate. Because it was really long. But if you watched it after, like every sane United States citizen should have done, uh, <laughs> it was a solid top to bottom show. I mean, was it just, oh my God, I'm going to have to show my children Elimination Chamber when I get older? No. But like, I give it a B minus. It was solid and it had some good wrestling and. The right people won all night, so I, I get bonus points for that. Yeah, I didn't. I thought it was better than Royal Rumble, but as far as going back and watching this ever again, Micah, I probably won't go back and watch a single like a single match, like full 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 match on this whole show. I probably would never watch it watch it again. But it was enjoy enjoy enjoyable. Boy, it's getting late. Entertaining show, <laughs> top to bottom. So I go with a six point six, six point six. Yeah, I give it a six point seven, just to be more positive than you. But yeah, okay. I I enjoyed it. She cut off the hour in between the Catch Republic um, match, in between that and the the. Elimination Chamber match, those 53 minutes of nothingness. If you cut off that, it probably would have been a higher score in my book. Yeah, if it was... Wait, you said cut out the Elimination Chamber match. You mean the Grayson no, no. Waller? Was that the Grayson Waller? Yeah, yeah, the Grayson Waller effect. Grayson, Grayson oh, okay. Waller. That whole in-between point where they had the Grayson Waller effect and the promo packages about Perth, Australia. If they just cut all that out, I think this has been a way more enjoyable PLE. Yeah. If it was if it was two and a half hours to three, it would have been really solid. But because they added all that extra bull crap, which, you know, I mean, we talked about why it happens, but you know, it is what it is. Um overall, like I said, six point seven. I'm not gonna lie, ladies and gentlemen. The later this gets, the more I feel like crap, and my sinuses and everything are killing me. So, I'm going to forego talking about the other stuff we had on Dynamite, like the opening promo and the Will Ospreay stuff. Um, other, I, I mean, I'll hit a couple thoughts real quick. The opening promo is, it was interesting. I think the dynamic of three heels yet slightly babyface characters having a triple threat is interesting and i am 
more interested in this world title match than I have been for the past couple that involved MJF. Sad as that is to say. And I do like that Hangman is more heel than Swerve at this point. Uh, Osprey, to me, feels like a big deal. I don't think he'll stay long as a babyface with that thick of a, a UK accent. Did you have any thoughts on those two things outside of that, Ryan? No, I pretty much share your your thoughts on that, Micah. The uh, we can probably just get predictions and close this long marathon of a of a review show up. Well, you don't you don't want to talk about the Sting segment. It is his last week in um, wrestling. Am I gonna miss Sting? No, but. What? No, I'm not gonna miss Sting. I mean, I didn't grow up on Sting. I saw him in TNA, but I was never impressed with Sting. You're not. Hold on. You know, yeah. you are not a a little I'm stinger? A stinger. No, I'm not. I'm not a little stinger. I don't know anybody who is a little stinger, bro. Yeah, you do. Who who? Okay, that one guy I know that was a little stinger. <laughs> But still, though, I mean, Sting was just kind of, he was a good baby face for his day. He was just, I, I didn't see Sting at the height of his powers in 97 or 89 or 90, 91. I saw Sting in TNA, the kind of guy that was just coasting off his legacy in TNA for 12 years. I seen that Sting and that Sting, I was never really that much impressed. I don't, I don't particularly care for Sting at all. I think if they would have had, if WWE could have got that match in 2011 with Undertaker and Sting, which was rumored at the time, I think that Undertaker would have beat Sting, and it shouldn't have been a debate who should have who should have won the match. I mean, I agree. If Sting had came to WWE, it should have been Taker. Taker is the bigger star, and oh, personally. Happened. I do love Sting. Um, I liked him in TNA. I've I've been watching the Nitros and the Attitude Era as a whole, and I enjoy Sting. And he is probably one of my top fifteen, top ten, somewhere in there. I really do like Sting. I don't I don't appreciate all this hate you're throwing. Top but personally, 10? top ten is crazy. Why well, well, I don't understand why you hate Sting so bad. What about the oh. aura, the repel, the 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 standing on the rafters, the face paint? Yeah, I just didn't. I mean, I, you know, I, I know some people like did enjoyed it, but it's just never got behind it, man. Like I said, I seen him in TNA when he did. He really do anything great in TNA except live off the legacy that he had in WCW. I personally liked um, Joker Sting, and I thought he had good matches at the time. I mean, I, honestly, Sting. I was. Well, <laughs> you didn't like Joker Sting. I mean, I liked it, but that was the first thing you thought of his TNA run, his 12 year long run with the company. You it was when I was growing up. I didn't watch, like, I watched. <laughs> Like a little bit before Hogan came in, and then like mostly after Hogan came in, because that was I was like six or seven. 
He was like Joker's thing for what three months? Uh, that whole twelve year run, Micah. You enjoyed three months of Sting, and all of a sudden he's in your top ten. That what you telling me? I like his old stuff too. He's got aura. He's a he's a a great promo as Sting had. He was he didn't need promos. He didn't need promos. Well, okay, Maybe what great promo as Taker had? He didn't need promos. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's different, man. You know it's different. What? How? They're the same character. No, they're not the same. No, don't. I mean, they're not the Taker. same character, but they're the same like genre of dark, mysterious, omnipresent being. No, Sting lived all. If the Crow movie never released, was that the Crow movie that he got the the whole Crow gimmick from? I, yeah, oh, was that? Oh, okay, okay. If that movie never came out, Sting would have been lost in the shuffle in the late nineties. You think so? I'm, oh, I know so. What was he doing before before ninety seven, Micah? Nothing. He, he was. was I can tell shuffle. you. In '96, he was a mid-tier to uh, he was a mid-card, upper mid-card guy. He was teaming with Luger. Luger was U.S. champ, and they were tag champs together. But really, there wasn't a whole lot gimmick-wise moving forward for him. I'm gonna throw out a hot take here. I think Ultimate Warrior was a bigger star than Steve. Micah. You on the phone? I, I, I hear you. You there? I'm okay. mulling it over. I'm just saying, Micah, Ultimate Warrior for that two-year run where he was mega over, he was more over than anything, any other point in Sting's career, that little two-year run Ultimate Warrior had. I, I don't know. That's a hard... Because, yes, Warrior was really hot for those two years. Yeah. Mass but, massively over. Still talking about to this day of, uh, of laps reps, wrestling fans that haven't watched the product in 25-plus years. They always bring up Hogan. They always bring up Ultimate Warrior. I'm telling you. Old school fans bring up Warrior still. That is true. At the same time... Sting was very much instrumental in the WCW boom, 97-98. And that was when wrestling was its hottest in the last 25 years. I think the NWO had more to do with that than Sting did. But he was still on the TV consistently, is what I'm saying. And he was a top dog. <sighs> Plus, like... I don't know. Another thing I like about Sting, which I mean, this not everybody's going to identify with this, but he is a Christian in a business of nefarious carnies, and pretty much nobody ever has a bad thing to say about Sting. Like he's never wronged anybody or hurt anybody. He's just kind of always been there and been a good guy that people speak highly of as a legend. Mm. And people hate Warrior. Oh well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But his legacy over the years after he's passed has kind of softened up a little bit. People have come around to liking the warrior now that he's no longer with us, but 
Still. You know how that goes. Yeah. Still, though. I think I, Warrior was a bigger star. I can't exactly say yay or nay because that time for WWE was extremely hot, or WWF at the time was extremely hot. And late 90s WCW was a, a, a huge boom period. That, I. I think that would be a good question for a like big name. I mean, I like who would even really know how to quantify that. You remember they were tag partners when they first broke into the business together. Yeah. Sting and Warrior. And it's crazy that they both kept the face paint and they both became one of the biggest stars of their respective companies. Like, what would have happened if Sting would have went with Warrior to the WWF? What would have happened? Uh, I don't. I, honestly, I don't know that Sting would have been the star that he was because I think he didn't have the fire. Like, ultimately, I think Warrior had more fire with his promos, but Sting was ten times more. Uh, just well-rounded in the ring compared to Warrior. And I think it was because of the separate paths that they went. WCW was more of a worker's territory, whereas WWF was more of a personality territory. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Well, if you flip-flopped, what would have been Ultimate Warrior's career path in WCW? I don't think it would have went far. I think it would have been like when Hogan went in 95. Except Hogan was already a star, but those fans didn't gravitate towards Hogan because he couldn't wrestle. Well, yeah, well. Maybe there were other factors, more. too. The The yeah. gimmick was played out, but... <laughs> I, I was just about to say that, yeah. Maybe it was just Hogan fatigue at that point. But overall, uh, the segment on Dynamite, I personally enjoyed. I thought it was... Really cool to see him rappel down one last time. Did you like the Ric Flair stuff? Yeah, nah, yeah. the Flair stuff stunk. I could have done without that. And Flair somehow looks worse now than he did at his last match. But why is he wearing skinny jeans? He's got to stay hip, brother. Hello, fellow kids. <laughs> Look, man, I respect Flair, and he's like one of my goats. But like, dude, they look bad. Yeah, he does not need to be in the ring at this point in time. I really don't even want him on TV. No, it looked really bad. And people were on Twitter and TikTok and all the other social media platforms were making fun of Ric Flair. And I don't know if that's the way you want to get. Is that really the way you want people to remember you? Of being the old man throwing the terrible punches and barely, barely being able to move and taking a step and almost falling and then having to gingerly sell things. I don't, that's come on, man. Ric Flair is it's over, man. Give yeah. it up. And it feels like it's overshadowing Sting's last run. Cause like now everybody's talking about how bad Rick looked when it should be like, dude, Sting repelled from the ring. Personally, that's like one of the best moments AEW's had in a long time. Seeing Sting repel down and go. I mean, yes, the Bucks were involved and like the feud has been so so, but like just that moment was really cool. And instead, everybody wants to just talk about, oh well, Ric Flair looked like crap. Well, what's different? It makes the company look bad when there's 
two guys in the ring that are combined 140 years old. Yeah. That makes the company look bad too. But people were calling it all elderly wrestling all online. Yeah. Which I, don't I mean, dis- I don't disagree with it. I, I see their point, but you can get away with it with Sting because he's got the face paint and Sting can actually somewhat still wrestle. Flair, like, can't even take a bump. So. <laughs> don't throw a chop anymore. Let me just chops. Hard to bend the elbows with the Arthur's-itis. Oh, man. Not a lot of mustard on those chops nowadays. (laughs) Yeah, uh, he's lost a step or three. But anyways, AEW Revolution will be this Sunday. So we got the card right here. We're going to go ahead and get our predictions out of the way, which is something we always forget, so we're going to try to remember it now. For the All-Star Scramble match, this winner will receive a future AEW World Championship match. Chris Jericho versus Wardlow versus Powerhouse Hobbs versus Lance Archer versus Hook versus Brian Cage versus Magnus, not the one from TNA, which is what I thought, versus Dante Martin. (laughs) Wait, is this pinfall and submission? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what a scramble match means. Is it like the WWE Championship Scramble where they... They enter the match every five minutes, and there's a 20-minute clock, and whoever whoever gets the last pin is the world champion. Is it like that? Isn't that the match they had in uh, NXT, or is that like the deadline match or something? The, no, that, that that's similar, but that match is whoever has the most pinfalls at the end. The scramble mm. was whoever had the last pin is the champ. So you get beat three times in a match. As long as you get that last pin, you're the, you're the world champion. Which made I do for remember that. Scenarios. It was from like, yeah, it was from like 2008. Because didn't like Brian Kendrick. Yeah, former WWE champion Brian yeah. Kendrick. <laughs> so, uh, honestly, I don't know. But I can tell you who I think is going to win is probably going to be Wardlow. Because he's the only one of these guys who had to kind of build right now. However, if Chris Jericho walks in there and says, that doesn't work for me, brother, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm going with Magnus. He's getting a big push on SmackDown right now. <laughs> oh, come on. I think he's, he's going to win this, man. I don't know. Going with Magnus. Okay. That's your final pick. You putting money on that one? Yeah, yeah. I'll go to prize picks right now. Is, are they a sponsor this week? I don't know. No, we ain't got a sponsor through them. Okay. Uh, following that, though, there will be a tag team match. It's had some build. They had a trios match on Dynamite, but it was long. We didn't talk about it. And my sinuses are worsening by the minute. FTR versus the Blackpool Combat Club, consisting of John Moxley versus Claudio Castagnoli. Who you I'll got? Uh, I'll go with the Combat Club. I'll go with the Combat Club. Really? I'm going to say FTR. Wow. Okay. I think they're probably trying to rehab them. Well, they might be trying to slowly uh, get oh, them off. T- no, I was just saying they might be trying to slowly get them off television because one of them might be doing some time very soon. Yeah, I expected that to get thrown out, but I wouldn't be shocked if they had a beatdown angle where they kind of wrote cash off TV for a little bit, which... Kind of sucks for Dax, because then at that point, I don't know what they do. 
What they have like a jail cell match. You remember that they had a match <laughs> like that at SummerSlam? Was that ninety one? Well, they had the Mountie versus Big Boss Man, and whoever lost had to spend a night in the jail. Maybe they should have that. It would be funny, but I highly doubt they would do it. But it would be funny. I wouldn't hate it. Jail cell match. Following that, for the TNT Championship, Christian Cage versus Daniel Garcia. Oh, God. We got to watch that. Oh, it'll be a barn burner, brother. Everybody loves Daniel Garcia. I think he's going to dance his way to this title, and I hate that we're going to see that, but Adam Copeland's going to interfere. Daniel Garcia's going to dance, and he's going to win the title. People are going to forget he's the champ after about a week. He's going to get no reactions unless he starts gyrating his hips like he does every week. And then uh, he'll have a forgetful reign that probably ends up, probably Jack Perry comes back and beats him. But yeah, he's going to beat Christian, which I hate. I got the same thought. I'm kind of weirded out that I thought the exact same thing, minus the Jack Perry part. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> But I do think Daniel Garcia is going to win because I think Edge and Christian want to have this feud that doesn't involve the belt anymore, and it's going to be muddy. Stinks. Yeah. Stinks. It's overcooked at this point. I mean, you can't you can't recook meat. Copeland is cooked. Christian is still kicking, but yeah. Copeland is over. Oh, I agree with you there. I'm I'm locked in on Christian, but I'm sick of this feud. But after that, we got Will Ospreay versus Kanosuke Takeshita. It's probably the easiest one to pick on the entire card. I want Takeshita to win, but... Well, you know what? I'm picking Takeshita. I'm picking him. Because I want him to win so badly. I don't <laughs> want this... I don't want this jabroni bruv to keep on beating everybody. I'm pretty sure it's going to be Ospreay, but if Takeshita won, I wouldn't hate it. Maybe that's how they... That's how they sow seeds of the breakup. It's because Don costs Will Osprey the the win, and then Takeshita picks the bones and gets the gets gets the gets the win under nefarious ways. I can see that happening. I wouldn't be shocked. After that, for the Continental Crown Championship, we got Eddie Kingston versus Brian Danielson. If Danielson loses, he has to shake Eddie Kingston's hand. Danielson has been cooking Eddie Kingston on collision a lot in promos. I don't know if you've been seeing this. Yeah, I still think Eddie's going to win, though. He, he has to. Danielson's been burying him on the mic every week. He has to. Well, it's like when Cena came back and buried Solo on the mic. He had to be. Solo had <laughs> to beat Cena. Well, you know, I mean, in today's day and age, heels tell the truth. But, bro, you can't go out there and just bash somebody every single week and then beat them. I mean, at that point, just pissing their mouth, too. <laughs> well, hey, that's what they're doing to Wardlow. Well, yeah, you got a point. I'm going uh, with Kingston. Yeah, me too. Timeless Tony Storm versus Deanna Perrazzo for the AW Women's World Championship. I'm going to the bathroom for this <laughs> match. So I, don't, I don't know. Who, who's going to win this one, Micah? Uh, Tony Storm. I don't think they're gonna swap it just yet. People love her character, especially Tony Khan. Um, but once you return from the bathroom, it may be time 
For another break, we got Orange Cassidy versus Roderick Strong for the AEW International Championship. This is where I go get snacks. <laughs> after. Hey, after you've uh, drained your bladder. Yeah, yeah. They, I don't... I'm not watching that. We're not reviewing that. Yeah, I don't care. I'll go Orange (laughs) Cassidy. Orange Cassidy wins. Yep. Nah, I actually think Roderick Strong will win just because people are kind of getting sick of Cassidy, which, oh my God, it's almost like this has been what people have been saying for a year. I don't think Tony Khan's getting sick of Orange Cassidy, so I I don't think he loses this title. He's just extremely overexposed. I don't... Y'all know, we've been talking about it. I hated his match against Moxley all out, and it's not like anything ever changes because the matches are the same. He wrestles every week, too. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. He's just overexposed. Like It's just like Jericho. You see him all the time. I don't want to see anybody every single week. Yeah, yeah, it's time. For the AEW World Championship in a three-way match, we got Samoa Joe versus Hangman Adam Page versus Swerve Strickland. Hmm. Whoa, Page. What Adam Page? I am too, and I don't. I hate saying that, but I got a feeling that you're right. Yeah, it just feels. It feels like they're going to build up to one more match between Swerve and Adam Page. And Samoa Joe, unfortunately, no matter how good of a job he's been doing as champion, he is an afterthought in this whole feud. He's not the guy that they are presenting as as the main character in this whole storyline. It's Adam Page and Swerve. And I think, I don't... I don't know about you, but Paige is kind of justified with that heel turn. If that, if you even call that a heel turn, what happened on Dynamite tonight? Because Swerve did admit to terrorizing his baby right there in the middle of the ring and turned his back to him. Wouldn't you attack a guy, too, that admitted to that on live television, Micah? I mean, yeah, that's what is the funny part. Like, Hangman has somehow turned heel and Swerve has turned baby face when Swerve was doing, like, just He's horrible things. Yeah, terrorizes kid, threw a t-shirt over his kid's face. I'm on I'm on Paige's side. Forget Swerve. And uh, it's exactly what I said. The heel's telling the truth. The heel <laughs> is justified in this. And everybody's like, oh boo, you suck. Like, oh, we want to dance. <laughs> they just want to dance, huh? <laughs> they, they just want to dance, man. They just want to dance and sing songs. <laughs> Well, anyways, <laughs> dance and sing along for the main event, or what's presumed to be that, the main event. That wasn't the main event. No, I don't. Well, I don't. They haven't officially released the card, but just oh, how yeah, I'm that, assuming this goes. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That this will be the main event. Yeah, the tornado tag match for the AW World Tag Team Championship, Sting and Darby Allen with Ric Flair versus the Young Bucks, Matthew and Nicholas Jackson. This is a tornado tag when that happened. Uh, that's just what Wikipedia says. What the heck? Okay. Um, <laughs> so no rules, huh? I mean, you know how the Sting matches are. They're going to do crazy stunts and i think darby might legitimately kill himself by the way he's talking he's like man i'm gonna make sure sting goes out on a good note 
what are they going to do? Are they going to get shot out of a cannon or something? They're hyping this match up. Like Sting is saying that if you're going to watch this pay-per-view this Sunday, you better make sure you save the tape. Like anybody's going to tape a pay-per-view in 2024. <laughs> He's Sting, old, but, brother. But still, though, I mean, they're hyping this up. So Sting is going to do something crazy. Darby's going to do something crazy. They're in a lose-lose situation here, Micah. If you have the Young Bucks beat Sting and Darby Allen, then that's the first loss Sting has in his whole AEW run. And people that are not fans of the Young Bucks are going to say, oh, of course the Young Bucks, the EVPs, are going to book themselves against Sting and then beat Sting, which makes the company look bad and the Young Bucks look bad. But then if you had Sting and Darby beat the Young Bucks, where you... Well, then you say, well, Sting had this whole run to AEW and he didn't put over anybody? That piece of garbage. And then he, lo- and he goes out as champion, too, not putting over anybody? Well, that's a waste of, of having Sting on the roster. So, I mean, wh- where can you actually go here, Micah, that you can resolve all this? Where where do you book? If you got the pencil, Micah, where, what are you doing? Well... I think if anybody needs putting over, it's not the Bucks at this point. They're in the later stage of their career. That's not just me saying that as a Bucks hater. I think the way they go is Sting and Darby are going to win. Sting's going to get his moment in the sun. Sting will. Well, I don't know. They kind of book this as Sting's final dynamite, so he might not do this. But I believe that they're going to come out. On the next Dynamite, or at least Darby will, they will retire that design of the World Tag Team Championship. We know Tony's a belt guy. He's going to debut a new AEW World Tag Team Championship, and they're going to have a tournament. Pause, pause. They are actually rebranding Dynamite next week. Like Tony Khan's been hyping it up, so they're going to do some new stage, new lighting, new logo, all that type of stuff. So. A new tag title would be that would be on brand with the theme of the show. But go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. So that kind of I didn't even think about that, but I have heard about that. But I didn't put two and two together. I think that'll go together, and then they'll have a new design and probably a tournament that'll conclude at a supposed April pay per view that apparently has been rumored or double or nothing. And this would be Darby's last appearance on pay per view as well because he said he is climbing Mount Everest. So this will be the last time we see Darby Allen. Yeah. Maybe ever. So then it kind of makes sense for them to retire and both go off TV, which Sting will be permanent, but Darby will just be for a little bit. I don't know. It may be permanent for Darby, too. This is Mount Everest, Micah. Oh, this come on. It. I'm just saying this may be it, man. Well, who do you got? You got the Bucks or you got Sting and Darby? I want a sinkhole to open up in the Greensboro <laughs> Coliseum and swallow up this whole ring. I I'll go with the young bucks just for the chaos online. I hope not. Why I just don't understand why you hate Sting so much, but I just I think he's mid. No disrespect. Okay. He's a scrub. A scrub. Nobody. <laughs> okay. Well. No disrespect. No disrespect. I don't have the energy to argue with you right now because my sinuses are killing me. But overall, um, I think that it will be a hopefully good pay-per-view. It really hinges on that Sting match. But 
regardless, we'll be here to review it next week. Hopefully, I will sound better. If you made it through this episode, thank you. I appreciate you all. Thank you guys for checking out Dead Threads. Make sure, link in our bio. It's the top link. I'll plug it at the bottom of the episode. Go get you some sports merch. Forget fanatics. Get you some Dead Threads. Make sure to follow us, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all that good stuff. We post clips. We post new uh, pictures, letting you know exactly when a new episode is out. Thank you guys as always for the love. Thank you for listening, and have a great week.